how easy it is to forget, isn't it? We've never been enslaved to anyone, said the sons of Abraham, forgetting that son of Abraham, Joseph, whose brothers hated him because his father loved him and gave him that special coat. Remember Joseph, that son of Abraham who was sold into slavery to Egypt. How easy it is to forget. Those sons of Abraham forgot, did they not? Joseph, their father, and they didn't just forget Joseph, but they forgot the sons of Joseph, their brothers, their forefathers in the faith. Long after God brought Joseph up out of prison, after God blessed him and elevated him to be a ruler in Egypt, there arose a Pharaoh who forgot Joseph. And again, the sons of Abraham fell into slavery. In the book of Exodus, that slavery is described as affliction with heavy burdens. It's described as ruthless, bitter, hard service, the kind of service that makes you groan. And the people of Israel, the sons of Abraham, groaned long in the days of that Pharaoh. But by the time of Jesus, that had all been forgotten. We've never been enslaved to anyone. What are you talking about? You will become free. How easy it is to forget. And those sons of Abraham forgot not just Joseph and not just the time under Pharaoh, but they forgot how their forefathers had been carried off, treated like objects that you just pick up and take wherever you want to go. They'd been carried off by the Assyrians and they'd been carried off by the Babylonians. They'd become vassals, a shadow of their former glory. They were servants of Babylon. They were servants of Persia. They were servants of Greece. And even in that time of Jesus, they were servants, slaves, if you will, under Rome. But it's easy to forget, isn't it? It's not just that they forgot. It was that willful kind of forgetting, that kind of forgetting that defies the reality all around you, that buries the head in the sand and that says, everything is fine. This is fine totally fine. The world was on fire around them, and they were content with simply keeping things the way they were. Bound, sold, crushed under afflictions, led off by the nose by the Assyrians and the Babylonians, afflicted ruthlessly in bitter and hard service, carried away like mindless, soulless objects. But that was a long time ago, and how easy it is to forget how easy it is to hang a veil over our eyes, to hide ourselves from the truth, to deceive ourselves. That's the problem with us, isn't it? It's not just that other people lie to us, it's that we lie to ourselves. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And in so many ways, that's much worse, isn't it? It's one thing to be lied to by someone outside of you, but when you start believing the lie, when you get steeped in it long enough and it gets down into your bones, it gets down into your soul, and you start to kind of echo back the things that have been whispered to you, it's a tragedy when that happens. Worse still is when the lie is not just out there all around you, but when the lie takes root in your own heart. Worse still is swallowing the lie, hook, line, and sinker, gulping it down, internalizing the words of the lie, and not being able to see the way out. You can call it Stockholm Syndrome if you want. You can call it taking the blue pill. But scripture calls it this, deceiving yourself. Scripture calls it slavery, living in a lie. But Jesus is come to set free 
Listen again to what Jesus says. If you abide in my words, then you will know the truth. And the truth, if you know the words of Jesus, then you will be set free. But to the Jews in his day, that message seemed contradictory. What is he talking about? We are the sons of Abraham, and we've forgotten about Joseph. We are the sons of Abraham, and we've forgotten about Pharaoh. We are the sons of Abraham, and we don't think about Assyria. We are the sons of Abraham, and we don't bother ourselves with learning about Babylon. We just enjoy the present moment, Jesus. What do you mean you will make us free? Aren't we free already? After all, we are the sons of Abraham. If you abide in my words, Jesus said. He offered them a home. He offered them a shelter. He offered them to come inside and live with him in his abode, in his words. But they preferred a different shelter. They preferred to shelter themselves in the past. You know how that goes? It's the trap of nostalgia. It's the trap of deceiving ourselves into thinking that just because we have some kind of a storied past then everything will be all right in the present and in the future. After all, they said to Jesus, we're the sons of Abraham, and surely, surely that counts for something, right? And surely it does count for something. Salvation is of the Jews, Jesus says. It was not to the other nations that the Lord promised to send his son. It was through the line of Abraham. But taking shelter in the past erecting a house and taking pride in our heritage, in our lineage, in our genealogies is not going to preserve us. And it wasn't going to preserve those Jews. Instead, taking shelter in the past, holding on to tradition, holding on to heritage just for its own sake is an empty hope. It is a vain thing. There's a great saying that tradition is not the worship of ashes, but the preservation of fire. Tradition is not the worship of ashes, but it is the preservation of fire. And yet how often do people satisfy themselves with the dead ashes? Well, we've got Abraham on our side. We don't need you, Jesus. Well, we've got a long history on our side of wonderful things that have happened in the past, and that has to count for something. But the worship of ashes is no fire. And so Jesus stood before those Jews and he offered them to come into his home to abide in him and in his word. The very thing that Abraham would have hoped for. The very thing that Abraham did hope for. And they said, nah, hard pass, Jesus. We're just going to hold on to our customs. We're just going to hold on to our traditions. We're going to hold on to all these things, not realizing, not realizing the tragedy of that all. For to have all those things, to have the right bloodlines, to have circumcision, to have the temple, but not to have Jesus, is to hold on to ashes. Think of it that way this morning. It's as if there was a coal there in Jerusalem and Jesus was blowing off the ashes so that the ember could burn again. And instead of huddling around the ember, instead of warming themselves around the fire of his word, they swept up the ashes and said, let's just hold on to these. Let's just hold on to that. Not realizing that right in front of them was the very Christ, the very Messiah who was promised to Abraham. Jesus has come to set us free. 
to set us free from holding on to empty things, to set us free from the worship of ashes. Do not be content with being a part of the Lutheran church, which has a long lineage and a long history. Do not be content that your father or your grandfather or your great-grandfather was a living and active member in the church, for that does you no good. Be content only in this, that you have the words of Jesus, for that's where the fire is. Now, I'm not saying this to tell you that tradition is bad. It wasn't wrong for those Jews to know that they were indeed the sons of Abraham. Circumcision was good. The temple was good. The Sabbath was good. The law was good. But it had been twisted. And it was twisted up in this contorted, terrible way that they saw that as their hope apart from Jesus. But Jesus has come to set us free, to set us free from the captivity of heritage. And I don't say that Jesus just came long ago, but I say to you that Jesus is still come in the present. Jesus is still come to set his people free. That's why we celebrate Reformation Day. That's why we hold on to our past, because we see throughout the history of the church how Jesus still comes, and through his spirit, how he blows off the ashes so that the fire can burn again. Isn't that what the Reformation is all about? God raised up this man in Germany, Martin Luther. He raised up this monk, and he raised him up so that the ashes of captivity could be blown off. For just like the Jews fell into a terrible kind of self-deceit, so also the church throughout the ages can fall into the same thing. The bondage of those Jews and the bondage of the church at the time of the Reformation were very similar kinds of things with a slight twist. The Jews set their hope on being the sons of Abraham. Christians in the day of Martin Luther set their hope on being the sons of the Pope. Sounded pretty good. After all, the Pope had a lot of fancy clothes. The Pope had a big fancy house. The Pope had a lot of authority. And so, and so if we listen to him with all of his fancy things, then surely, surely we will be free. We are sons of the church, they said and have never been enslaved to anyone. They took shelter in an authority apart from Christ's word. They took shelter in the word of a man rather than in the word of the God-man. And so they lost their freedom. It can happen not just to Jews long ago, but it can happen also to Christians in the holy Christian church. Whenever we would substitute something in place of the words of Jesus, even if it's the words of a wonderful man, And there were good popes, don't get it wrong. There were bad ones, of course, but there were good ones. The tradition of the church is good. There are laudable things that have been done and said throughout church history. We shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But we must not take shelter in anything other than the words of Jesus. And so you know how it was in the time of the Reformation. Men and women and young children, no matter what the age were, they were taking shelter in all the wrong kind of things. You're sorry for your sins? You want to be forgiven? Okay, pay a little money. You can have this slip of paper, and it will say that you're free. Taking shelter in paper, taking shelter in the authority even of the church, if it is apart from the authority of Jesus, is not the path of freedom. 
It's not so bad, they reasoned. Surely it's not so bad. If we just bury our heads in the sand, if we just hold on long enough, then everything will resolve itself. But the Lord God raised up a man in Germany, and he didn't just raise up one man. The work of the Reformation was not carried out simply by Martin Luther and Martin Luther alone. The Lord raised up faithful men and women who would proclaim the truth, who would hold fast to the truth, who would speak the testimony of God to the whole world. And when that word went out, the ashes were blown off so that the fire could burn again. Jesus is come to set us free from all that would bind us. Jesus is come to set us free from clinging on to the past and to set us free from clinging on to any empty authority. The words of men, the words of women, the words of any human being must not rule your heart and your mind, even if they appear nice and smooth and good. For those words are not the words that give you freedom. Jesus is come. Jesus is come to set you free. If you are my disciples, you will abide. You will live in my word, and my word will set you free, he said. That promise was good for the Jews long ago. That promise was good for the church in the time of the Reformation. And that promise, that promise is still good for you. For Jesus is still come. He still lives. He still rules over heaven and earth to set free. What is it that binds us now? Do we hold on to the past? Have we fallen into the trap of the Jews? Do we hold on to the words of the Bishop of Rome? Probably not. And yet still, there are captivities that Jesus wants your soul to be free from. The bondage of the church now, what does that look like? What, is, what are the things that hold us down? What are the pharaohs in our day and age that hold us under affliction, that press us into hard service? What are the lies that we would listen to, that we would take into our hearts and repeat to ourselves again and again and again, deceiving ourselves? I think it would sound like this. If Jesus were to stand among Americans today and say, if you abide in my words, you will be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, I think so many, so many would say something like this. We are sons of ourselves. And we have not and we never will be slaves of anyone. We'll do it ourselves. Thank you very much. Aren't we like petulant little children. I can do it myself. Jesus comes speaking these gentle words. Jesus comes saying, come, follow me. Jesus comes and he offers us freedom. And we say, well, that wasn't my idea, so I don't like it. Jesus has come to set us free from that emptiness Jesus has come to set us free from that slavery to ourselves that is really slavery to nothingness. Doesn't that define our age so well? We live in hollow times. We live in a world that has the veneer of reality, but inside is lacking all form and substance and power. We are sons of ourselves, and we have not and we never will be enslaved to anyone, thank you very much. And we go home and we turn on our TVs and we stare into a phone and we drift. We drift aimlessly and emptily through this world. Would you like to be free? 
Would you like to have a real home, a real life? Would you like to have something that's true, something that's worth speaking about, something that's worth screaming about, something that's worth singing about? Then hear the words of Jesus and hold fast to the words of Jesus for what he offers is not that empty kind of freedom that our world craves, freedom from everything. What Jesus gives is freedom to live in his house. If you abide in my words, then you will have a place in my Father's abode. For in my Father's mansion there are many rooms, Jesus says. If it were not so, would I have told you? Of course not. He would never lie to his dear children who he shed his blood for. If you abide in my words, Jesus says, then you will have real life. Then you will have truth. Then you will have something that nothing can take away from you. Not Pharaoh down in Egypt. Not a bunch of jealous brothers in Israel. Not a bunch of kings in Assyria or Babylon and not even the rabble and the noise of the world in America. Do you want to have real life? Do you want to have true life? Do you want to have not just the ashes of emptiness, but do you want to have the fire of God? Then have the words of Jesus in your heart. Have the words of Jesus in your soul. Have the words of Jesus burning within you, and you will find, you will find not emptiness, not nothingness, not captivity, but you will find freedom. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest, Jesus says. Rest, a place in his house. Not the freedom from everything else, not the freedom to waste our lives away, but the freedom to live the true life, the life of faith in God and love for our neighbors. That is what Jesus is come to give you. Do not hold on to the past. Do not hold on to empty traditions and empty authorities. And do not hold on, do not hold on to the empty offer of freedom. But hold on to the words of Jesus. For truly, truly, he makes a vow. Truly, truly, if you abide in my words, you will know what is true, what is good, what is beautiful, and you will be free to do those very things. To Christ be the glory now and always. Amen.